0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp Podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at RivervalleyRanch.com. Enjoy. All right, let's just soak that in for a moment. Just, just let that sit with you. I know it was I mean it was an incredible presentation, but think about think about the truth of what was presented and what we just saw in the last 18 minutes of our life. One of the things that I was thinking about when I was watching that drama was that we are surrounded by reminders that things aren't the way God intended them to be. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that one scene where all the, 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 the things from the world, you saw, you, 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 saw, you saw war, you saw famine, you saw all of the... Do you remember that scene where the, the projector was just going through the trees... Like, we're surrounded by reminders that things aren't right. Road rage, have you ever experienced that? Your parents experienced that? Are you one of those backseat drivers that screams at someone in another vehicle that can't hear you? Uh, Gossip, bullying. uh, Have you ever been on the receiving end of bullying? Have you ever been the one to bully someone else? Cheating, stealing, bad attitudes, addictions. Just scroll through any social media account. And you'll find all sorts of clues that our world is broken. And tonight, what I want to focus on is this phrase, and just in the next 10 minutes, because I'm not going to talk long tonight. In fact, I'm not even going to give you a whole lot of information tonight. I said I was going to t- t- tell you three stories. I've already told you one. I'm going to tell you two more stories t- tonight to hopefully help you understand and, 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 and bring all of the content and information that we've been talking about the last three nights together. And then you can make a decision for yourself. Will you continue to love darkness, brokenness, death, or will you trust I want to focus on this phrase from Isaiah to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes 13 days ago Marked the eight year anniversary of one of the most significant events in my life. My wife has a large family. She's one of 12 children. It's a lot of kids. And most of them are older, and a lot of them have. Uh, children of their own, and so there's in-laws, and I'm one of the in-laws, uh, but, we, but we're, we're a close family. We don't live close together, but we are close. You know what I'm saying? Like we love each other, and we love every moment that we get to spend with each other, uh, but those times are few and far between. So what we try to do, because I have a big family too, and I love my family too, So, uh, and we, my, I don't live close to my family either, Uh, So what we try to do is, you know, one year we get together with Martha's entire family and another year we get together with my entire family. And each time there's like 45 or 50 people there because we got some big families. Eight years ago... Uh, my wife and I, uh, we helped plan a family vacation where uh, my wife's uh, older sister, Hannah, and her husband, CJ, they had five children, all, all under nine years old at the time. Uh, we, we, uh, I'm trying to think back, uh, we had three children at the time. Uh, Adley wasn't born yet. And, um, so we decided like the most central location for all of us would, would be Tennessee. Now, that was about 13 hours from where we lived, but uh, we, we've got family that, lives in, uh, that lived in Colorado, Illinois, so you know, we just tried to find a place where we could gather. So uh, we decided that we were going to rent a cabin up in the mountains. Isn't that beautiful? This is, this is where we stayed eight years ago. Um, we were staying in this cabin in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, and I mean, this, this thing could sleep every single one of us in a bed, like, we didn't have to, nobody had to sleep on the floor, we all had our own beds, it was absolutely incredible, and so we get there, uh, Martha and I, our family, we, we got there first, and then Hannah and CJ, their family came second, and CJ and I we were good friends. He's my he was my brother-in-law, um, married to my wife's sister. Uh, he's from Nigeria, and so we, we we had become good friends over the years. As you know, he—you know—we both married into the Robertson family. And uh, anyway, uh, we decided that we were just going to check things out while we were waiting on the rest of the family to arrive. They were going to come the next. Uh, their whole family was going to start arriving in the next day or two. So he and I got in my car, and we drove uh, you know, through you know, some of the backcountry roads, and uh, we see this river, and we see a bunch of people tubing down uh, the river, and we thought, man, that's actually uh, uh, us in the river. Uh, but the day before this happened, um, we saw a bunch of people in the river, and we were like, how cool would that be to have 45 of us just cruising down a river. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, and so we, we went back. We were pumped up. We, we you know, did the Google search and tried to find where we could rent some tubes because we didn't bring tubes with us. We found a place that we could rent some tubes. So we rented a bunch of tubes. And we, we, we piled them all into our vehicles. Uh, then, uh, when everybody arrived, we went down to the river. And uh, we were all... Uh, we're, we're all having a great time in the river this is a picture of my brother-in-law his name's CJ just after this picture's taken he sits in a tube and uh, my my four-year-old niece at the time gets in his lap and they start uh, we found this little rapid and it, I mean, it wasn't a huge rapid. I grew up in West Virginia, you know, going down the New River and the Gauley River, some of the best whitewater, you know, in the nation. This was nothing. I mean, this was just, you know, it was, it was just this little ripples. And, uh, but uh, at, the, at, the, at the bottom of, of, of that rapid, there was a strong undercurrent. And CJ and my niece Cadence, they started going down, and I was—I had already gotten out at the bottom and was walking uh, by myself with a tube up toward where we had put in to go back down, and we were just kind of you know doing that cycle thing. And I hear my brother-in-law Luke shouting my name. He said, "He, he goes, Aaron, Aaron, I need you to come quick." Because you know, I I I was a lifeguard. I was a whitewater rafting guide. So you know, they, you know, you know, like I, I was the one that you know they, they knew that if if they needed a strong swimmer, they they could they could shout for me. So they were shout. So so I heard I heard their name, and I thought I thought, well, did somebody fall? Did somebody fall off a tube? Like it's, it, they, so? Uh, then I see Luke running through the woods, and uh, he's just frantic. I I, I can, have you ever seen the look of sheer panic on somebody's face? He looked panicked, and, and so I was like, what's going on? He said, CJ fell off of his tube, and we can't see him, and I was like, what do you mean you can't see him, and as we're shouting at each other and running back down the trail, and I see Cadence, she's got her life jacket on, just floating to the shore. And a tourist, another tourist who was there doing what we were doing, grabbed my niece and and put her on the shore. And I, I saw an empty tube floating about 100 yards down the river. So I dove into the river. By this time, my whole family is gathering on the shore and CJ's wife Hannah is just frantic. She's shouting at the shoreline, Aaron, you've got to find him. You've got to find him. So i I dove into the water and it was it was it was muddy. I couldn't see anything. It was it was it, it, it was like the visibility was nothing. And so I, I, I'm I'm swimming and the current was strong and I couldn't find him and I was losing. I, I I couldn't hold my breath. So I came back up and I shook my head. I looked at Hannah and I shook my head and I said, I, I, I didn't see him. And she said, Can you look again? And we're we're, we're all believers. We all believe in this sovereign God that we've been talking about. This good God. This God who does miracles. This God who makes dead things living things. So what do you think we did? We prayed. We'd seen God do miracles before. So we asked God, to bring CJ's body to the surface. And we prayed. And so Hannah, I'm standing there, I'm sitting there in the water, treading water. And she said, can you just search again? By this time, 911 had already, called, had already been called. But I mean, we were out in the middle of nowhere. Their estimated time of arrival was about an hour. We Like we were hopeless. So I dove again. I don't know how long I was under the water, a minute, two minutes, I don't know. I, know could, I knew I couldn't stay much longer than that. I came back up, I looked at Hannah. She's waiting as far as she feels comfortable in the water, and she's just yelling at me. You've got to find him. You've got to find him. This was your idea. You wanted us to come here today. You've got to find him. You've got to find him. And I said, I'm going to find him. So I dove again. And my arms are getting weak. And my legs are weak. And I'm scared. I've never been so scared in my life. And in my head, I knew that God could bring CJ back up out of the water. So I kept praying while I was swimming. And, and, and I got down. I don't know how deep I was, but I got down at a certain depth in the water and I felt something and I grabbed it. And I was like, I was like yes, I got it. And I brought it to the surface and it was just a stick. And I said, Hannah, I've, I've, dove, I've, I've dived three times. And she looked at me and she said, can you just try one more time? I said, Okay. Pray that God does a miracle. We know that he can. And so I dove again. I don't know how long it was under the water. But what do you think happened? I didn't find him. came back out of the water and I didn't want to look my sister-in-law in the face and I just grabbed her and she grabbed me and I said Hannah I'm sorry I couldn't find him I said CJ's gone two hours later The scuba divers pulled CJ's body out of the water. He had gotten stuck underneath an undercut rock there in the river. And we drove a long hour to the hospital where they sat CJ's lifeless body. And I can still, uh, I can still smell what it smelled like. And the pain never gets easier. 13 days ago, my sister-in-law Hannah posted all these pictures of CJ. And this was one of them. Where's the beauty from those ashes? You know, our world is full of clues that things aren't right. So I remember after we left the hospital, we go back to that beautiful cabin, and I'm standing there on the balcony. Martha comes out, and she's like, people have to eat. Like People have to eat. I mean, we were in shock. None of us, we we didn't know what to do. We, we we couldn't believe he was actually dead. It still hadn't sunk in. Martha was like, "Aaron, we 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 like we've got We've got to eat." So, her older brother Elijah and I we went out on the balcony and we just we started grilling stuff. I, I don't I, I don't even remember what we put on the grill or if we even actually ate that night. I can't even remember. But I do remember talking with Elijah. And he said, "Aaron, what's going through your mind?" I said, man, a lot. I said, but the only thing I can think of right now is that passage in Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I went into the temple of the Lord. And I saw the Lord seated upon his throne high and lifted up. You see, King Isaiah was one of Israel's greatest kings. He had led the nation of Israel into a time of economic prosperity that Israel had never experienced before, save in David and Solomon's time. And now King Uzziah was dead, and there was absolute, total chaos. Do you think there was chaos in my heart the day that CJ died? <laughs> oh, there was. There still is. But Isaiah said when I when when everything was 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 desperate was destitute was when everything was was up in the air when everything was absolutely totally chaotic I see God sovereign God we talked about that right the spirit of who the sovereign God supreme authority is upon Jesus He saw a sovereign God, good God, big God, huge God, miraculous, miracle-working God. He saw that God still in charge. And I looked at my brother Elijah and I said, I said, this is the most painful day of my life, of your life, of Hannah's life, of those five kids' lives. Christian, Andrew, Justin, Cadence, and William will now live the rest of their lives without their father, CJ. But I want to read something to you. Because that day in the river wasn't the last day of CJ's life. You see, this happening. in John chapter 11, two, one of Christ's friends had died. His name was Lazarus. And Jesus showed up four days later. And Mary and Martha, they were upset. And when Jesus finally shows up to the, the funeral of his friend Lazarus, Martha said, if only you were here. Have you ever felt like that? God, if only you were here. And look what Jesus said. He said, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, I I know. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. I am the resurrection And the life. Now, listen to this. You can't miss this. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And then he asked Martha a question He said, Martha, do you believe this? that's the question he's asking you do you think i grieve over the loss of cj absolutely every time i think of it do you think his wife grieves over the loss of her husband yeah every day every day's a, a battle you know you don't just get over something like that but do you think that we grieve like those who don't have any hope? No, because we know that CJ isn't dead. CJ is alive. In fact, CJ, according to God's word, is living his best life now. CJ is CJ is experiencing the ultimate fulfillment of everything we've read in Isaiah 61. He's not suffering anymore. He's not experiencing the pain of this world anymore. He, he, he's, he's, not, you know, he, he's not seeing the, the bullying take place at, at his kids' schools anymore. He's not experiencing any of that. And yeah, it's tough for us because we're still in this life. We still got to go through it. But this life isn't all there is. It's not all there is. Some of you think that this life is all there is. Some of you think that maybe there's life after death, but you're not sure what that looks like. This drama that that you guys saw tonight uh, portrayed... What brokenness does, and see, it's not just that. The, it's not. It's not that brokenness means that uh, we're just we, we mess up sometimes. That's not what brokenness is. Brokenness means that that this is who we are. We experience death in this life because of sin. Because of sin, even those who know Jesus. See, some of you are like, you're getting really excited. Beauty from ashes, that means I'm never going to experience anything painful ever again in my life. No, that's not what it means. It means that when you do, God will be with you. That's what it means. It means that, that when you do and when something agree, like this happens and you can't make sense of it and you're wondering why, you know that one day you will get an answer That gives me hope. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I just don't buy it, Aaron. I just don't buy that. Let let me put a thought in your head. Take God completely out of the equation. Take him out of the equation. You You don't believe in God? Fine. Take him out of the equation. Let's say that God doesn't exist. You know what still exists? Death. Cheating, stealing, lying, impatience, greed, bad attitudes, hurting each other, wars. If you take God out of the equation, do those things still exist? Yeah. So what do you do now? Now you've got ashes and no hope. With God, you have ashes and you have what? Hope. The question is... The same question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that there is life after death? Pretty much everyone would agree that things aren't the way they should be. And that's because of sin. I'm just going I'm, I'm to talk about the dark, ugly truth of sin for a moment. And then I'm going to give you some time to think about this yourself. Ultimately, sin is trading God's best for far less. And we do this all the time, don't we? Sin is trading what God created, Zion, holy city, holy Jerusalem. In fact, he put his mark on that city, right? He he emphasized that city. Did you know that the New Testament says that you and I are a temple of God, not built with human hands, God put his mark on us. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they broke it. They destroyed the gift that God gave to them. And like my mother who patched it up, God made a way through Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. It doesn't, it doesn't promise us that, that nothing bad is ever gonna happen in this life it just promises us that when it does, he will walk through the fire with us. He will be there in the midst of, of the drowning. He will be He is there always and for eternity. Sin is trading God's best for far less. It's mutiny against God. You've mutinied, I've mutinied. You know what happens when we mutiny? It, we, we take an authority figure and we replace that authority figure with another authority. And you and I have done this in our lives. This is what death does. This is what sin does. It mutinies against God's sovereignty. We talked about sovereignty, right? Supreme authority. And we've said, no, 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 I am in control. I am my own authority. And when we do that, it leads to death every single time. It breaks our relationships. It leads to guilt and shame. But here's God's plan. I'm going to read it to you. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It hurts that CJ has gone, but I'm thankful that I get to see him again. Will you get to see your loved ones again? Will you get to spend an eternity with your friends? Will you get to experience the life that God intended you to have when he breathed his own spirit into humanity thousands and thousands of years ago? Will you get to experience that for eternity? That's the question that only you can answer. For God so loved the world. I wanna tell you one more story and then I'm gonna let you think about this. Let me just tell you, before I tell you this story, that regardless of where you are tonight, maybe you think that, you're just too far gone. You've done, you messed up too much. You're not too far gone. You're not too damaged. You're not too broken. You're still alive, which means that God's not done with you. You're not dead. God's not done. You've got an opportunity while you're still living to make a choice. CJ made that choice years before he died. You can make that choice tonight because you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tonight. But you can make a choice. And you're not too far gone. God loves you. Let me tell you this story real quick. I was a a shift manager at Chick-fil-A when I was in college. And it was during the Christmas season and a customer comes in. Our, our Chick-fil-A unit was in a mall. And, and, and this guy comes in and he says, listen, there a snow, there, there's a snowstorm outside. And some jerk put a pile of puppies in a box and left them outside in the snowstorm. And I said, what? What in the world? So I, I, I called my, my owner operator and I said, can I can I send one of our employees out there to go grab those puppies and bring them in? And he said, absolutely. So, so I sent this guy named Ryan. He was a teenager. He, he, he runs out, he grabs a box of puppies and he, he brings it in and, and we, we go to this little alcove in the mall uh, right right you know near, near the, the back doors. Uh, our, our, unit, our Chick-fil-A unit is right here. The back doors are right there. And So we, had to, we were staring at this box of puppies and I think it was like 18 or 19 puppies in this tiny little box just piled on top of each other. And they, they were ripping each other to shreds. I mean, some of these puppies, you, know, like, you couldn't even really tell that they, that they were puppies. Eyeballs were coming out of the socket. Blood was everywhere. The bones were broken. I said, Ron, we got to get rid of these puppies. We, we got to make sure that these puppies find a home. So I called my owner-operator again. I said, hey, like, can, can I send Ryan... Uh, just through the mall and try to, try to like, find homes that, that, you know, and just give these puppies away? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> Ryan's got his Chick-fil-A uniform on. He's running around the mall. And it, about two and a half hours later, he comes back. The mall's already closed. And he's like, Aaron, I've got one puppy left. And I looked down at that puppy and my heart just broke because it was the smallest puppy of the bunch which means it was on the bottom of the pile. It looked dead. I mean, it wasn't moving. I mean, I I could fit that puppy like in my hand, and I got a small hand. That puppy could sit right there, and and I picked it up, and my heart just melted. And it wasn't because it was beautiful. That thing was not beautiful. (laughs) But it was beautiful to me. And I'm like, well, what do I do? N- none of my employees wanted to take a puppy home. I, like, I was in college, so I, I, like, I didn't actually live at my house at the time, but I was, I was at home. I, I, I was living in a dorm, but I was, I was at home over Christmas break, and I'm like, if, my, if, if I bring this dog home, my dad is going to murder me. We already had three dogs and a cat. And that was enough for my dad. My mom, she loved animals. So I knew, I, I knew that my mom would take this dog in, in a heartbeat. But I looked at this puppy. It was late. And I was like, my older brother, he was there because he worked there too. And he was like, you better call dad. I'm like, I'm not calling him. I am not calling him because he's, he, he's going to be asleep. And if I wake him up and tell him I'm bringing a dog home, that's not going to be good. So I took that puppy home. My dad did wake up. He comes into the living room and he's like, what is that? And I said, dad, look at this. Look at this. And my dad came over and he he, he said, man, I'm so glad you brought that puppy home. He said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I don't know. I found some little popsicle sticks and I made splinters for its leg and I wrapped it as, as carefully as I could and and, and then uh, I got a baby bottle, and, I, and I, I fed that little puppy out of a baby bottle for weeks, for weeks. We took it to the vet. The vet was like, I don't think this puppy's ever going to walk. And I was like, no, this puppy's going to walk. The puppy did walk, and it grew into this beautiful dog. His name is Coda. He doesn't, he's not alive anymore. He passed away a few years ago. Um, he was my dog for several years until I got married and my mom commandeered him from me because he became a champion, a beautiful animal out of the brokenness of his life. Someone had written him off in 17 other puppies from different litters, but it wasn't too far gone, and I grabbed that puppy, and I took him home, and I nurtured him back to health. You know, just a couple years before this happened, um, we had a chocolate lab that passed away. He was old, and he passed away, but my grandmother is blind. and She loved that chocolate lab, because It it was like her seeing eye dog. It, It went with her everywhere. It protected her. It guided her. If she was going off the path, it would actually come alongside her and move her in the right direction. And my grandmother stopped going on walks, and that wasn't good for her health because she couldn't trust another dog. Well, guess who started going on walks with my grandmother, my blind grandmother? Coda. So not only did God... Or did I rescue Coda? But Coda discovered a what? A purpose. God not only wants to deliver your soul for eternity, but he wants to give you a new purpose now that will impact how you spend eternity later. Doesn't that sound like beauty? Why don't you pray with me? Father we love you, and we thank you for making beauty come from ashes. It doesn't mean that we'll never experience death because we do. Because we do. And it doesn't mean that we'll never be hurt. It just means that when we are, we have a comforter. It doesn't mean that we'll never be... That we'll never mess up. It just means that when we do, we have forgiveness. It it doesn't mean that we'll never be lonely. It just means that when we are, we have a friend in Jesus. And we have eternity. And we have a purpose. Father, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of these young people tonight and help them make a choice that will direct the course of their lives for the rest of their lives and into eternity i ask these things in jesus name amen what we're going to do now is give you a few minutes um listen i i know that some of you won't take this seriously and that's okay we love you anyway but what we're going to do is give you uh, what we call time alone with God. You know, because c- I could sit here and ask you to raise your hand if you, you know. And, and there might be a time for that. But we want you to think critically about your life, about everything that we've talked about. Beauty for ashes, freedom, happiness. And then tonight, these stories that I've shared, maybe they've helped unpack things for you a little bit. But as you go out and you find a place uh, you know, on, on, on the grass, uh, Aaron, do you, do you want them to stay on that grassy area? or can, can Stay on that grassy area, but find a place by yourself. Talk to God. Cry out to God. But if you're not going to do that, we just ask that you be, be, be quiet. Respect other people who are. If you need a counselor, just lift your hand up and a counselor will, will, will come on over and talk with you, okay? But uh, when we dismiss you, just just please do it silently, do it quietly, be, be, be thinking, be reflecting. But reflect on this verse that Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, will live forever. You can stand up and walk quietly out the doors. Find a place on that grassy area between the river and the hill.